Hi everyone, Sandman here. A few weeks ago I did a video for CC Rockstar, and now he wants me to do yet another one. So we made a donation and has a new topic idea. This is the question that he asked me. Having heard Stardusk, and a to a lesser extent Barbarossa talk often about Briefold's Law, I wonder what your take on it is. Here's a quote from Robert Briefold's book, The Mothers, a study of the origins and sentiments and institutions and it states as follows. The female, not the male, determines all the conditions of the animal family. Where the female can derive no benefit from association with the male, no such association takes place. I deem this to be true to the extent that in nearly every sexually dimorphous species, the females are the selective sex, while the males compete to be selected. Yet in other ways, such a statement could apply to anyone, regardless of gender. For instance, MGTOW like you and me realize that if we cannot benefit from associating with females, we need not do so. Hope to hear from you as soon as possible on this particular topic. Thanks for your question, CC Rockstar. This is my personal take on Briefold's Law. Men have to be less picky about their sexual partners. I believe that as a man, it's not that many of us want to consciously have constant sex outside of a relationship with multiple partners but it's actually part of our subconscious programming. Biology makes us interested in many of the young and attractive women around us simultaneously so we can meet our biological imperative and procreate. Biology wants us to have sex all the time, but the emotions of love want us to have one female partner. It's almost like love and lust attraction are balancing themselves out in this particular case. I'm speaking again of my own personal experiences here. In the end, I've always sought out emotional intimacy and closeness in a relationship, and I'd say that 70-80% to 80 of my male friends see relationships with women in that particular way. The ones looking for relationships have no problems having no-strings-attached sex, but once they fall in love, that changes for many of them. Besides myself, only one of my close friends could be classified as a MGTOW. I think nature makes men more interested in sex because we can't always afford to be picky. If Briefold's Law essentially makes women the ones choosing who they have a relationship with, then a man in many cases has to take the first, second, or third woman that comes along, because who knows when the next one will come along that's also attracted to him and approaches him. So women basically choose the man. And if a woman chooses you, then there's essentially no fear of rejection. And unless she's smelly or overweight, the majority of men are not really going to say no to her. In reality, there's very little actual sex going on in our society, and so many blue pill men can't afford to wait for Mrs. Wright, and will gladly take Mrs. Wright now if they can. Women choose the men, and the men typically say yes. And the whole idea that men are the ones asking women to marry them is a complete joke. Women have already said yes, I want to marry you in most cases by simply entering the relationship. A proposal is just a contract or an affirmation of Briefold's Law. A man handing over the ring and getting down on his knees is him saying, yes, I choose you too. And buying this overpriced and irrational bauble means that I accept your offer. An engagement ring makes a man feel that he has the majority of the power in a relationship when selecting his mate, when in fact, it's the other way around. The proposal is the female attempt to validate the existence of the patriarchy and male dominance. But all it is is social masturbation, a way to make men feel better about losing their freedom, and a way to make women feel like victims of sexual selection, when in fact they are the ones doing the choosing. The proposal, essentially, is a joke. It simply reaffirms her selection, it mirrors it back to herself. 
and the marriage ceremony mirrors her selection back to everyone in her family circle as well as I ultimately believe that females are choosing the males that they associate with and that we are a dimorphous species where the female is doing all of the selecting. I know from my own personal experience that I have two modes of operation with regards to my life. Either I'm waiting for a woman to choose me to have a relationship, or I typically don't care for them, like I do now. And regardless of whether a woman approaches me or not, I simply have no interest. I drove around taking these pictures today through the back alleys of Toronto, so becoming a MGTOW has hit me very hard, especially the realization that I see most women as unable to love with the same intensity, and I think this has been the most bitter pill, red pill, to swallow. Looking back on my life, all the seemingly loving things that I received from women were just a form of bait to keep me in the relationship. I was tricked into thinking I had something to gain, but I was actually the one losing my time, resources, sanity, and emotional peace. And even the scientific evidence I've found seemingly validates Briefold's law. Here's a statement from a piece of writing called Unifying and Testing Models of Sexual Selection, an annual review of Ecology, Evolution, and Semantics by Hannah Coco, Michael D. Ginians, and Robert Brooks. They theorize that a species' degree of sexual dimorphism is inversely related to the degree of paternal investment in parenting. Species with the highest sexual dimorphism, such as the pheasant, tend to be the species in which the care and raising of offspring is done only by the mother, with no involvement by the father. Low degree of paternal investment. We all know that in the human species, it's traditionally women that raise and take care of children most of the time. So if this theory is true, and humans share the qualities of the pheasant, then that would explain why women are the ones doing all of the choosing. The best example of women doing the choosing has to be on dating sites. Women sit back and receive hundreds of messages a day from men on dating sites, and then they have to narrow their selection down by narrowing the criteria until they find the right match based on the socially acceptable criteria that the female consensus in society has placed on men. So it's not so much about where have all the good men gone, but in reality women are actually doing the choosing. So they are telling men that they need to up their game if they want to be selected. CC Rockstar, in the last part of your statement you mentioned that MGTOW like me and you realize that if we cannot benefit from associating with females, we need not do so. And this is a perfectly rational and reasonable response and argument. This week when I was getting my hair cut from a hairdresser, the woman cutting my hair wasn't from Toronto. She was actually originally a native from northern Canada, and I found her kind of cute. But at the same time, I knew there were things about her that I would derive no benefits from. She has a dead-end job, she is a little bit overweight, and there's not much substance to her as well. But at the same time, I could feel my body producing hormones, and Cupid's arrow was trying to hit me as I was trying to dodge it. In the past, I probably would have asked her out. Now, all the things that I've learned were right there in the foreground of my mind. In the past, the alarm bells in my mind would be going off to warn me about women. But back then, it was like I was a pilot, and the plane that I was flying was sounding many different kinds of alarms. And I was just shutting those alarms off. This time, on the other hand, it was completely different, as each of her faults burned deeply into my consciousness, and I just knew I had to get out of there as soon as I could. She was making me sick at that point. As I walked out of the hair salon, she gave me her name and number, Briefolt's Law, in effect. She was selecting me to most likely put me in the friend zone. I spoke to her about the film and television industries and what it takes to get into television for hair and makeup. 
I gave her tons of advice she could actually use to get ahead in her career if she wanted to. I was being a good little utility while she was chopping my hair. And I'm not sure why I was trying to give her all of these helpful pieces of information. The funny thing is, she gave me the best haircut I've had in the last few years. I usually go to different places to have my haircut each time. I made her aware that I'm employed, have a house, and a car. Just as an experiment, I'm thinking of going back there in a month or two for another haircut. Does anyone think I should? I'm looking at the whole ordeal as an experiment to find out more about native women. The very next day I had a conversation about her with a friend of mine. Did you find out if she has any kids? And I said no. And he told me that he used to work at a native reservation up in Hudson's Bay. And he says native women get pregnant at the age of 12. I know he's stereotyping a little bit, but there are a lot of single native mothers coming down to the city trying to basically get a support system from a man when they're in their early 20s for themselves and for their children. And they're also using it as a way to get away from their community permanently. Yet another example of Briefold's Law. Native women coming to the city looking for a simp and showing no loyalty to their own tribe. What do you guys think about that? I also find the men going their own way philosophy interesting. We're all living our own lives for ourselves. We are more self-confident when we speak because we understand women more than ever. We are building up our financial assets more and more because we are single. We're developing our skills more and more, and it's kind of ironic because by getting away from women, we are making ourselves more attractive to them. It's almost like nature has created some type of cruel scenario where the more we run from women, the more attractive we become to them. And all of our self-improvement might be some kind of internal programming in our wetware to turn us into a target for a woman. Briefold's law essentially means that women have relationships with men only because they are receiving benefits. And a single man with tons of money, a great job, and a future ahead of him is like hitting pay dirt for them. Maybe the herbivore men have it right by consciously going out of their way to work as little as possible and feminize themselves as much as possible as well. Women have an extremely hard time handling rejection, and men have an exceedingly hard time saying no to sex, even if the woman is completely wrong for them. A pair of boobs is like the biological equivalent of a car wreck. No matter what they look like, you simply can't look away. In the past, I never thought about Briefold's Law or saw it in action. Now I see it everywhere. Well, I think that's about enough of my rambling for today. Thanks again to CC Rockstar for your donation and question. Hopefully I've given you some new things to think about. And thank you everyone else who's coming here for your daily dose of red pills. Enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.